This is 5-Minute Friday, understanding the p-value. Welcome back to the Super Sense Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. If you have been following this podcast uh, for the past couple of weeks, then you probably uh, have heard me say that uh, Adzalan is uh, spending a ridiculous amount of time updating the machine learning A to Z course. And um, so I have got, I've gotten <laughs> dragged into it as well, which I'm very excited about. Um, I've updated the support vector regression tutorials and now also the NLP tutorials. So we've added some tutorials there. And uh, today what I was doing is uh, Adlan asked me a few days ago, Adlan asked me to look at the p-value um, part of the course. So there's a part of the course on machine learning on multiple linear regression. And uh, there was a tutorial, people were asking, what about p-values, p-values, can you explain p-values? Because we hadn't actually included a tutorial like that in there. So what I did is I went to our statistics for business analytics A to Z course. I took a p-value tutorial out of there. I watched it, made sure that it is appropriate, added a little bit of a video at the beginning and added that new um, borrowed, in a way, tutorial from uh, the statistic course to the machine learning uh, A to Z course. So long story short, now we have a p-values tutorial in there. And I got quite inspired by that because I watched that tutorial um, the the whole tutorial and refresh my own knowledge on p-values. And I thought it'd be really cool to talk about on the podcast, especially that a few weeks ago, I think it was when this goes live, I think it would, be, it would have been like three weeks before you're listening to this, Sam Hinton was on the show uh, with, uh, and we talked again about p-values and uh, statistical significance and things like that. So, you know, things overlapped and it's quite, I think it's a good timing to talk about p-values. So we're going to quickly dive into the world of p-values and try to understand them on an intuitive level, what p-values are all about and what this whole 0.05 thing means, why it's valuable, why it's valuable to know and why it's valuable to know the intuition. And if you've already seen this tutorial in one of our other courses, uh, then this will be a good refresher as well. So here we go. What is p-value all about? So we're going to imagine a very simple experiment that we've all done many times in our lives, uh, a simple coin toss. And we have a coin and we're going to throw it and observe whether we get heads or tails. And now we don't know if this is a fair coin or not a fair coin. So by fair coin, we mean that it's not weighted and it's uh, it's likely is equally likely to land on heads or on tails. Uh, and that's going to be our null hypothesis. So we're going to say H with little with a little zero at the bottom, so with an index zero. Uh, that's our null hypothesis. And the null hypothesis is that this is a fair coin. So our assumption there is that we live in a universe where this coin is a fair coin. Now, H1 is our alternative hypothesis. And the alternative hypothesis is going to be that this is not a fair coin. We don't know, don't know exactly how it's not fair. It might be just weighted towards one side or the other. So... One side is more likely to, uh, like, it might it's more likely to fall on one side than the other, or it might just have two. Both sides are tails, for example. Both sides are heads, so it's not a fair coin. So that's our alternative hypothesis. And there's basically there's another universe. We don't know which universe we live in. Do we live in the H zero universe, or where the coin is fair, or do we live in the H one universe where the coin is not fair? And I like thinking about it in terms of universes because that. Um, 
that really just puts it into a whole different perspective that we're either in this universe or in that universe. And you don't have to guess about the coin itself and things like that. It's just like, what is the nature of reality? So we have two hypotheses. And basically, today we're discussing uh, p-values at the same time, statistical significance, at the same time, hypothesis testing. Like uh, uh, we're going to touch on hypothesis testing. So we throw the coin, we flip the coin, and it lands, imagine it lands on tails. So how are you, how do you feel? So there's two parts we're going to be looking at. First part is how do you feel about the result? Second part, we're going to be looking at the probability. So how do you feel about the coin landing on tails uh, from the first throw? Uh, does it feel that this could be a fair coin or does it feel a bit dodgy? Probably feels all right because a fair coin is li equally likely to land on heads or on tails. So there's a 50 chance of it landing this way, 50 chance of a 50% chance landing it that, that way. So that it doesn't feel iffy, doesn't feel like there's a setup uh, or dodgy in any way. Totally fine. Uh, and the probability is 50%. Now we flip the coin again and it lands on tails again. So how do you feel about a coin landing twice on tails in a row? Probably okay. I feel quite okay about it. That's totally normal. Could happen. No big deal. And the probability there is 25%. Now we flip it again, and it lands on tails one more time. Third time, it's landing on tails. How do you feel about that? Maybe you're starting to get a little bit suspicious, but um, there's... Again, it could happen. It it probably could totally happen in the course of a day. You flip a coin three times. <laughs> if that's what you do, flip coins. Uh, you flip a coin three times and bam, it lands uh, all three times on tails. Nothing critical there. Uh, maybe a little bit suspicious, but overall, I would feel okay about that. Probability there is 12%. There's a 12% chance of that uh, happening. Now you flip it again, and again, it lands on tails. Four times in a row. How do you feel about that? Now you're starting to feel like, well, I would be starting to feel very suspicious, like much more suspicious or, or a strong level of suspicious that something is not right here. That's, that's quite a lot of tales. Um, and uh, and that's, that's, oh, that's normal. That's uh, uh, normal to feel that way, that maybe something's going on here. And the probability here is about 6%. 6% chance of that happening. And then you flip it again. And yet again, it lands on tails. So fifth time in a row. Well, now you're feeling very suspicious. You're feeling this definitely can't be happening. Uh, something's wrong with this coin. Five times in a row, it's landed on tails. What is going on here? This has to be a, a rigged coin or not a fair coin. And so what's going on here? Well, what is going on here is that... Um, the probability of this happening is 3%. So what does that mean? That means if you run this experiment 100 times, if you flip a coin five times in a row and you do this experiment 100 times, then only in three out of the 100 experiments, this is, 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 uh, is likely to happen. So that's if it's a fair coin. So if we live, and this is where the universes come in handy. So if we live, if we truly live in the null hypothesis universe, if we live in the universe where the null hypothesis is true and this is a fair coin, the the probability or the likelihood of this happening five times in a row, of tails happening five times in a row, is so low that we feel uneasy about it. We feel that something is wrong here. And that's because we've assumed we live in the null hypothesis universe. 
Now, if we were to reverse our assumption and say, let's assume that, let's reject the null hypothesis. Let's say we don't live in the uh, universe where the coin is a fair coin. Let's say we live in a universe where the coin is not a fair coin, where both sides, for example, both sides are tails. Then how would you feel about the coin landing five times in a row on tails? You would feel totally fine. You would feel absolutely fine about it because it has no other options. Whether you flip it one time, two times, five times, a million times, the, la the chance of it landing on tails is 100% every single time. So you would feel totally fine about it. And that's where the p-values and the, uni the universe kind of approach or the hypothesis approach, or the hypothesis testing, actually are very powerful. So if you assume a null hypothesis and you get to a point where you feel really like this can't be happening, then that's a point where you reject the null hypothesis and you go for the alternative hypothesis where you'll feel totally fine, where what is happening, what you're observing is totally, totally fine, is, uh, is not statistically unlikely. And that's in feeling terms. <laughs> you can't really go up to your boss in uh, the workplace and say, um, excuse me, uh, dear, dear manager, I feel, that, uh, I feel that this result is statistically ins ins insignificant or not statistically significant because uh, you know, I have a bad feeling about it. Uh, so what is the mathematical uh, side of it? Well, the mathematical side of it is as soon as your probability drops below 0.05 or below 5%, that means now you have a case to say that you, you can reject the null hypothesis. Basically, p-value is that probability that we were calculating just now from 50% to 25% to 12%. P, every time we were observing more and more heads, the p-value was dropping. So the p-value of five heads in a row is 0.03. And as long as your p-value is below 0.05, that means you can reject the null hypothesis. And the correct way of phrasing it is that we have sufficient evidence to reject the null hypothesis. We have sufficient evidence to state that this coin is not a fair coin. And uh, of course, it's not 100% certain. We might be wrong, but our the chance of us being wrong is below 5%. And depending on the application or use case, uh, you might want to use uh, the cutoff uh, percentage at either 5%, so that's a 95% confidence, or at 3% or 2% or 1%, that would be like a 99% confidence. So it really depends if um, how confident how confident you want to be about rejecting this null hypothesis, in this case that it's a fair coin, um, and going for the alternative hypothesis. So that's what p-values are all about, and uh, what uh, we were discussing with Sam Hinton, for example, um, a few uh, podcasts ago was that p-values are in the foundation of a lot of, or most of the research that is happening in the world right now. Most of the research papers, when a research paper is published, they need to accomplish a result of, they need to um, basically have statistical significance uh, with, for instance, a p-value below 0.05. What does that mean? Well, that means that they need to be ninety more than 95% confident that there is an effect, that they're observing an effect. So the null hypothesis is usually stated as there is no effect. Maybe there is no correlation uh, between uh, smoking and cancer, right? Lung cancer. There is no correlation. That would be your null hypothesis. And your alternative hypothesis, IH1, would be that there is a correlation, there is an effect, or there is a causality between the two. There is an effect between uh, the more you smoke, the more chances there are that you will 
or the more a person smokes, the more chances there are that they will get lung cancer. So the null hypothesis, there's no effect. The alternative hypothesis is there is effect. So we need to assume, so the way research is structured, we assume we live in the world of the null hypothesis. We assume that, hey, there is no effect. There is no correlation, causation between them. So we're just going to go and observe things about the world. We're going to collect samples. We're going to survey people. We're going to check uh, or get medical records. And we're going to collect all this data and see if, all of it always fits in with with our universe that we live in. If it all of it um, nicely falls under this null hypothesis, but and that'll be fine. That uh, basically means that maybe the null hypothesis is correct. We can't say that it's correct or incorrect at that stage. We just see okay, all the data falls under that null hypothesis. Everything's great. Uh, but as soon as we're able to uh, obtain enough data, sufficient evidence to say, hold on a second. If we lived in the universe of the null hypothesis, what we're seeing wouldn't be possible or what we're seeing would would have a less than a 5% chance of happening in the case of a, a 95% confidence level. So if we're able to gather evidence to show something or an effect that would have a less than 5% likelihood of happening in the world of our null hypothesis, then we can reject our null hypothesis and then we can say say the golden words that we have we now have sufficient evidence to reject the null hypothesis in the favor of the alternative uh, hypothesis h1 and so that's how you would for instance prove that there is um, correlation between um, smoking and somebody getting lung cancer so that's in a nutshell what it's all about. Of course, in most applications in data science and in business, you don't have to go through the hypothesis testing and write them all out, but it would actually be a very useful exercise to do that. If you were to sit down and write out your null hypothesis, your alternative hypothesis, select your confidence level, whether it's 95%, 99%, whatever it is, and uh, then calculate your probability of whatever it is happening, calculate your statistical significance, and uh, actually write out why you're rejecting the null hypothesis and saying that, oh, actually there is a correlation between our customers seeing the red banner uh, instead of the blue one and they're, they're like the number of people clicking on uh, the subscribe button if you're doing you know, some marketing analytics in, uh, with, with, with data science or whatever other application you're doing. If you actually write it out, write out your null hypothesis that there is no correlation, there is no difference whether we use red or blue color, but alternative hypothesis, there is a difference whether you use red or blue color. And you write it out and you calculate your um, uh, p-value and you see that it, it is indeed below 0.05. If you do that a couple of times, it would be a great exercise to get into this mindset of thinking about statistical significance because a lot of data scientists, most data scientists from my conversations, from things I, like I've observed, um, they don't consider this. This is not a habit. They might uh, know about it. They might be well-versed in the space of statistical significance, but a lot of the analysis that goes out there actually doesn't consider statistical significance, and that's a very, very slippery slope. Um, it's very dangerous to provide business insights, especially actionable business insights to your managers or to executive level when it's not back, it's not statistically significant. So what, those results are shouldn't be relied upon. So that's why knowing and using statistical significance and um, also educating your audience about statistical significance is an important skill and an advantage in the hands of uh, 
a data scientist. Something that can help take your career to the next level. All right, so hopefully that was helpful and uh, check out our machine learning AZ course if you haven't yet. If you have already, then uh, do it again. <laughs> Why not? Adlan has updated all of the Python tutorials. Now they're in Google Colab. I've updated some of the intuition tutorials. A good opportunity to practice everything again and uh, learn some new things along the way. Uh, you can find machine learning A to Z, of course, on Udemy if you just want to get that course by itself or on in the Super Data Science membership along with all of our other courses. On that note, thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.